So, back in uh, Matthew again, huh? Yeah, Matthew 13, we're going to cover 13 verses. 13 verses in Matthew 13. Oh, the unlucky. I guess it's not three. Anyway, 13. Triskadeka. <laughs> yeah, hmm. Triskadekaphobia is the fear of the number 13. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. I don't know why I know that. <laughs> I do remember when I was living in China, we would teach the children about different American holidays, and one of them would be Easter. And I was teaching the story so they understand the narrative behind the holiday of Easter. And one of the kids pointed out that at the Last Supper, there were 13 people there. And I never thought about that. There's the 12 disciples and Jesus. So he was like, 13? That's a that's an unlucky number. And that's a bad number in your culture. I was like, yes. <laughs> never thought of that. Yeah, I hadn't either. It was like, yes, but no. Let me go back to the beginning part where I say that this is not originally part of western culture <laughs> but i apparently wasn't a very good teacher because i don't think i got that across as far as they know it's still the white man's religion <laughs> well you did your best so everybody welcome to the white man's religion <laughs> podcast taught Beard by two Bible. white guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, i am neil i am our lead questioner and the architect yes the yeah that does everything and I'm Chris, head Bible reader, sole Bible reader, and a super high-functioning alcoholic who today is rolling sober because it is Sunday morning right now. <laughs> so, Amateur. I, Amateur. Uh, I've already got my coffee in me. I already had a egg and cheese sandwich that I made in the cast iron covered in a ghost pepper hot sauce or ghost chili. Ghost chili. I don't know, but it was spicy. It'll wake up your brain and your bowels in the morning. Dang, that sounds good. Yeah, so that with the coffee, I was just setting myself up to fail. <laughs> all right, well, let's get through this before that it's failure like hits you. It's like a, maybe like a cleanse for all the drinking I did last night. Okay, okay. Well, let's go ahead and record this before the before cleanse it hits. hits you. <laughs> all right, so we're starting in 13. Uh, 13. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, it's going to be Matthew 13. We're going to start in verse 10, and we're going to go to 23. Now, last time we just talked about the sower going out and sowing seeds. We talked about him scattering seed pretty indiscriminately. Now, That's I did right. hear, uh, and then I went back this week and I heard somebody else talking about this, is that there is a debate whether or not in Palestine at that time people would plow a field, then scatter seed, or if they would scatter seed, and then once the seed is in the soil, then till it to get it all mixed up in there, which is a really interesting uh, idea or debate that has no bearing on your theology. We could split the church over that. There aren't enough denominations, are there? Uh, no, we could always use a few more. Yeah, yeah, okay. So we're <laughs> going to be the uh, the first church of the tilled or the untilled. Which one are you? This is great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm probably untilled. Okay, untilled. Okay, so Maybe. he scattered the seed, then he tilled it. Okay, got it, got it. All right, well, it's been fun. I liked being friends with you, but per how denominations fight in the Americas, we can no longer be friends. I will now write blog posts and do those TikTok videos where I will condemn you and explain to everybody why you are a heretic. <laughs> I can dig that. All right. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> so if you don't mind, pick us up in verse 10. The disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? 
He replied, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will, who, whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Hmm. That's okay. This confusing. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a total mess here. So we said that we are starting into Jesus' third section of teaching, which is sort of like his experimental album. And he starts off with, he tells the parable, and then there's this break of an explanation of what a parable is, or to him how or why he is using parables. Then it will move into the explanation of the specific parable he just told. So it's a strange break, but we should keep this all together as his introduction to the rest of the album. This is the first title track. And people are going, okay, Jesus is a little strange. Now, in Mark, when he tells this story, it says, as soon as he was alone. And the reason for that is you don't want to embarrass your rabbi or question your rabbi in front of others. Hmm. Or maybe if it's not questioning him, it's at least protecting their own face of being like, look, we're his disciples and we know what's going on. And then they like turn the corner like, okay, Jesus, I'll be honest. (laughs) Didn't quite get it. Or... (laughs) I like to imagine them being like, no, like, I got it, but, you know, Simon over here, not the brightest crayon in the box. Can you re-explain it? <laughs> and so it's not exactly the right thing to question your rabbi. There's something else. I'm going to, man, I don't know why I'm going to go off on this rant on the church here for a second. Do it. So in the modern American evangelical church and the experience that I've had within Bible college, fortunately not growing up, fortunately, unfortunately, anyways, I didn't really grow up in the church, but... Once I got into college and into my 20s, I would hear people talk about discipleship, discipleship groups, discipleship, whatever. From the historical context that I understand discipleship, it is much more intense than what Americans would prefer, in that you would live and breathe and just hang out with your rabbi for three years. You would just be around them the entire time, and you are not to have an opinion. You are to just solely absorb and do exactly what they tell you to do. So you do not have an opinion. I, The way I described it once before, it's not that you are wrong and your opinion doesn't matter. It is your opinion doesn't matter and you are wrong. And that's the <laughs> that's the mindset a disciple should have of their rabbi. Hmm. And they, they very much understand that they don't understand, so they go and approach Jesus. And you said it's very, very confusing. And he starts talking about this idea of hiding things. Last week, I talked about the use of parables. And there was one parable that predates Jesus, and that was told by Hillel. The rest of the parables come after Jesus. Now, the problem is we don't really know whether or not this was a very, very, very common teaching. What I mean by that is we have an example that predates Jesus of a religious teacher using a parable to explain things, and then we have a lot of stories about rabbis using parables after Jesus. We just don't know. It's an argument from ignorance to say Jesus was the only one that used parables in this time period. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying, is that we have before and after. I don't see why we can't have it fill it up. I also don't see why we can't make it to where Jesus is the only one that used parables in this time period. Both are okay to me. The answer is we don't know. Now, the difference between Jesus and others is that usually the rabbis are explaining things that are very common, that are very understood. So you would just say, this is like this. It's very common wisdom, common knowledge. An early bird gets the worm. (laughs) It would be really weird to say that the bird that does not search for worms finds them later on in the day. 
<laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like when yeah, the, when yeah. the ground is dried up. So Jesus does the he flips everything where the normal stance is you say very standard stories that everyone goes, yes, of course, that's the way it works. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference between his and other rabbis. So they teach in order to help people understand, Jesus tells you these confusing stories in order to hide. And that makes him a little bit more unique as a Jewish sage or teacher at the time. Another change is that Jesus is less direct than he was in the Sermon on the Mount. Like I said, that was his that was his first album that everyone loved. This is the experimental one. <laughs> That's a good analogy. Yeah. So what does it mean that he is hiding things from other people? Why would he hide? And what does this mean that only so many people can hear and understand? You have one version, and you will see this in Christianity. Normally it goes by the moniker of Calvinism. You have the elect and the unelect. That is, God, for whatever reason, chose these few people to understand all of the words of Jesus, and these people will never understand it, and God just chose it before time, and they're just screwed. Hmm. Yep, I, I'm, I'm aware of that theory. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you teach your children? No, no, no. Well, it, we, we have used <laughs> the whole God is always watching you thing a couple times. Okay, okay. Yeah, good. good. I don't think they believe Small. us, though. <laughs> yeah, sure. There's a man in the sky that knows exactly what I'm doing. Sure, Dad. <laughs> so that is one take on it. If you were chosen by God, you will understand this magically. And if you were not chosen by God, magically, you won't understand. And it has nothing to do with you. Just God chose you to be screwed over. Yeah. That's one. You're going to be an idiot. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm saying this with a very relaxed attitude. There are a lot of theologians that will talk about the beauty and the love of this. And But welcome to Beer and Bible. Nothing is really that sacred to us. Yeah, you know what you're going to get when you come here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then there is another option where it is knowledge begets knowledge. So the more knowledge you have of a specific industry, the more knowledge you'll be able to understand. If somebody came up to me and said something about a rear differential, I understand that concept. Like, I've heard those words. I know the. I know how to pronounce them. I have no idea what that is. Mm-hmm. You probably do, right? Uh, yes. Hope? Thankfully, yes. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Like, if you, you know, you've got to have a, a kind of a base or a foundation, and once you do, like, the rest of the knowledge, like, is palpable like you you can you can take on and you can understand that you know since you have the the ground level already laid yeah if you spend time with jesus and you know him pretty well and he tells these stories you're like oh yeah okay i can get that i understand jesus so i understand the story if you are not getting to understand jesus then you can't understand the story so that might be another part of it another option is that this is less accrued as it is more revealed that, again, if you have a little of this knowledge, a little of that knowledge, eventually it intersects and you are able to go, oh, okay, I see it. Something that has come up is if you imagine a circle, and this is something that has come up in the idea of what education is, if you imagine a circle, in the very middle of the dot is the beginning of all knowledge. And then as you learn a little bit about mathematics, you go out to one edge. If you learn about geology, you move out to another. Science, and this is your sort of overall knowledge of the world that comes with primary school learning. And what happens is as you specialize, especially once you get to uh, college or trade school, you start specializing towards one edge of the circle. So if you think of 
the circle as the encompassing of all knowledge everywhere. What happens is eventually you get to people who have their PhDs where they're adding to the field. They are hitting one tiny little pinpoint on the edge of the circle. What has happened is we've specialized so much that we don't have much crosstalk between different edges of the circle. Mm. So, yeah, so what might happen is if somebody who is really into studying meditation with monks is, so that's one edge of the circle, as well as <laughs> understanding astrophysics, they might hit another edge of the circle and they might find a place where the two meet. So it might be that if you learn and grow in this direction and learn and grow in this one, eventually it connects and reveals. So it's not that you are growing a knowledge that you already have of Jesus. It's rather that you have learned so much about Jesus and then in a completely different area, you have learned something and then suddenly they connect and that's the revelation. Uh, okay. okay. I, get, I get what he's saying now. Okay, yes. You should have been like you should have been like there with G- like you you'd have been his interpreter. Like Jesus like Neil, come with me. Come with me, white man. I'm going to tell you how to tell like you're my interpreter. <laughs> I'd take that. I'd take that job. <laughs> it doesn't pay well. But there's free booze. I don't know how that's going to help me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did I just thought about that as I said it. Damn it. I think you would be a much more entertaining interpreter. I'd get killed real quick. Oh, yeah. Well, once oh, they yeah. got towards the end, they'd target me real fast. Yeah. They'd be like, get the drunk guy that's always following him around. <laughs> I like the idea of them being like, hey, do you know this guy? And Peter's like, no, nah, I don't know that guy. I've never seen him in my life. And they see, you know the guy? Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, fuck yeah. Jesus is the shit, man. We're homies. <laughs> well, you need somebody healed? I, 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 I can do that for you. Like, I can, I can talk to him. I'll put a bug in his ear. <laughs> Come with us. <laughs> they just stab me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, let's read... 13 through 15. All right. 13 through 15. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. (laughs) That's funny. He's like, that's why I talk to them like this. Because they're fucking dumb. Fantastic interpretation of this. <laughs> no, nah, he's saying they're stubborn old fucks, and I've got to. You got to talk to them like this to try and get through to them, or it's to hide it from them that they're not going to understand it. I don't know. I don't feel comfortable with the idea of Jesus hiding things, but that is one interpretation. Another is you have the ability to choose to listen to Jesus so that you understand his full message. Mm-hmm. So you are choosing to educate yourself so that you can understand this or choosing to remain ignorant and purposely misinterpret. I hate to do this, but we seem to get political here because that's the best illustration I can use. Thanks to America being so divided on this (laughs) is it's when people will take clips out of context of either side and go, see, here's what they mean. Or you go through and you reinterpret them and you say, let me tell you why Republicans or Democrats are the evil ones. They say this, but what they really mean is that they're trying to do this, Mm. that sort of thing. So you can purposely misinterpret, and he's trying to say this to people that could get it. That's, again, that is one of multiple interpretations that we just went through of what does this mean and why Jesus is hiding this. And we've talked about how Matthew likes to do things, and he has to back up whatever his statement is. So if he's going to say, hey, this is my Messiah. He heals people doing Messiah stuff because we have to prove that. And let me tell you why that fulfills a prophecy. And I'm going to give you the Old Testament quote so that you understand why I'm 
making him the Messiah. So he now just has Jesus doing this experimental album, and he's about to have Jesus go through and continue telling parables. This is going to be a problem if that's not a popular idea or something they were expecting the Messiah to do. So then he needs to give an Old Testament reference to say, this is the guy that we're looking for. This is the guy that I think he is. And so now he gives this Isaiah Isaiah statement. Now, when Isaiah is doing this, he's talking to the people, trying to get them back on track, and yet they are not listening, hearing, and obeying. Going back... Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. When we talk about the Old Testament prophets, these people, about 5% of what they say is something that's going to happen in the future. 95% of what they say is stop sucking. So (laughs) Isaiah is saying to his fellow Israelites, stop disobeying God, which primarily what that means in in the prophets is uh, make sure you're taking a, a Sabbath day, a Saturday off and don't work. And the other one would be to take care of the poor. And a lot of times those were linked together in that I would take Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off. But what I might do is keep my slaves working for me and not give them a day off. And that would be the problem there. Mm, That's a dick move. Yes, yes. That is what Birdman would say. (laughs) Is it Birdman or Bird Culture? Mm, Birdman. Okay. Thank you. I think. So Isaiah is saying a prophetic message, trying to get the people of Israel to change and understand what he is saying, but he might be looking at it as the people that understand the original intent of God's law understand these things. But those of you who do not understand the original intent of God's law do not understand this. This still fits in with the concept of the kingdom of heaven. The parables that we're telling all have the same theme in the book of Matthew, which is they are about the kingdom of heaven. And just to review and recap, the kingdom of heaven in a Jewish mindset is the, I almost think of it as the Israeli way. You know, we talk about the American way, some sort of gestalt idea of what it means to be an American. So for them, the kingdom of heaven is what it means for God's law to be active and being carried out by the people of God. So Isaiah says this whole passage about you guys don't understand how to do God's law. And Jesus is saying, I'm telling you stories about the kingdom of heaven. That is how to do God's law. And you are not understanding. Mm. So it all sort of wraps up and connects. And I think that this passage, when Matthew says it that way, helps me better understand what the hearers of Jesus would hear in that moment. Makes sense. Um, Let's go ahead and go 16 through 17. All right, right, 16. (coughs) But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. (laughs) Huh, okay, okay. It's many prophets and righteous men. Say he's saying this is a long... A long history of problems, or this is a problem we've had for a long time with you guys. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, and they, all these people in the past were looking towards Messiah. Maybe that's why he's switching it up. Maybe that's why he's doing it like this, is because he's like, they've been hearing the same shit for thousands of years now, and they keep saying they're dull to it. So I got to switch this up and make it interesting. It's like you know when the pastor gets up and tries to tell you some cool story to like relate to the message so that you like pay attention because he knows like when he spits out verses and starts talking about that you're just gonna fucking like black out 
and read Revelation. And read Revelations just <laughs> just for fun. Oh my God! Story real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Funny story. The other day, Ryder, we're in the car on the way to school, and he's like, "Hey, Dad, uh, have you ever read Revelation?" <laughs> he's seven. Okay, just for reference, and I'm like. I have, buddy. I have. And he's like, oh, a bunch of crazy stuff happens, doesn't it? And I'm sitting there thinking, who the fuck's reading Revelation? What's going on here? Where, where, where'd you get this Revelation shit? You're not ready for that. And he's like, he's like, if the Bible's real, is all that stuff going to happen or something? Or like, I guess he he hasn't read all of Revelation, or, but I don't know. I guess it popped up in a conversation, maybe. Who in second grade is he talking about biblical interpretations of an I, apocalyptic book? I do not know. And I don't know where this came from. Unless it, I, I don't know. Well, he did just get a superhero Bible. Like one of those ones that looks like a graphic novel. Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't been through it yet to the Revelation part, but maybe he was flipping through that because he just got it as like a gift, and it's huge, and everything's drawn out like a comic book. So maybe it has to do with that. But yeah, I'm immediately like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, I was like, well, I was like, we, you know, obviously we need to, you know, talk about it some more, but I was like, there's a lot of things in the Bible that we take as being true. There's a lot of things in the Bible that are stories. Jesus tells a lot of stories to communicate ideas or things to people and so it's not like a actual thing that happens but it's him telling a story about something to people and i was like some people think revelations has a lot of like stories but that's something we'll definitely talk about when you're older and i just kind of left it (laughs) but i was like yeah i was like where the fuck did this revelation shit come from Gosh. All right. Next podcast is going to be Juice and Jesus for children. <laughs> no kidding. We're going to make our own Sunday school version of this. And okay. this is where Noah gets drunk. Drunk, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, like your parents. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like daddy. And All then right. he gets naked. What? I, like, your the Bible. <laughs> like your dad. Like your dad. Okay. Uh, so a lot of these people that he's referring to, the righteous and the prophets, are going to be the heroes that they see of the Old Testament. And just to reiterate, when I say heroes, this is me personally. Like, I'm not, this is not <laughs> the Bible. This is just my opinion. There are no good people in the Old Testament. I already knew where that was going. <laughs> yeah. The, the bar is really, really low. The heroes of the old testament are the ones that screwed it up the least that's probably the best way of saying it Damn, i'm sitting here right now as you're saying that trying to think of someone where i'm like no this guy was like did everything right and i'm just like mm, nope <laughs> the only person that's been thrown at me is enoch and that was by our buddy jw he threw that at me i'm like ah, mm, fair enough we don't have much information on him <laughs> but he's he's like a one or two verse character oh, but yeah. other than him everyone else is pretty awful in Game of Thrones, he'd be like background guy with spear. He's in there for two scenes. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. He's probably done some stuff, but he wasn't around long enough to find the dirt. Well put, well put. So th- these righteous and these prophets and people like that were waiting and hoping that one day, just like Isaiah's calling and asking everyone to start acting within the will of God, that is this kingdom of heaven, and start acting that way, so Jesus is saying that they were looking forward to this day, and now that I am bringing it, now that I am starting God's will and acted on earth, then this is what they were wanting the entire time. 
And going back to the hearing and the seeing or the the eyes and ears is that a lot of times that stood for understanding and obedience. So seeing something, you understand it clearly in the ancient Near East. Here in the West, we like to talk about justice being blind. In the Middle East, justice is all-seeing. Here, we don't want it to see race or ethnicity or gender or anything like that. We want to make sure justice is fair and equal, no rich, no poor, everyone's the same. In the ancient Near East, justice sees every little thing, understands the entirety of your life and exactly what happened in what circumstance, what everyone thought, felt, and was trying to accomplish in this disagreement. Mm. Then when it comes to hearing, in Hebrew, the concept is you hear and you do. I'm not sure if you had this. I had this experience where, did you hear me? That my mother isn't asking me, did you hear me? As in, did you did you hear what I said? Did you listen and uh, and receive the sound? It is, did you hear me? Understand it? And are you going to do something? Yeah, about are it? you processing this? Go go do what I just told you to do. Yeah, I use that one. Or Stacy uses that one a lot. Yeah, in English, we say that. But we usually have a different word where it's listen. There is a hearing as in I rece- receive the audible pieces of sound waves, but the listening is the comprehension and listening intently for the purpose of understanding. Mm-hmm. But yet we still colloquially or moms everywhere still use, did you hear me? <laughs> yeah. So. That's a good one. That's a classic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and read verses 18 and 19. All right. 18 and 19. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Is that the devil? Is the devil going to come and snatch your heart? Or is that just any evil person that's going to persuade you otherwise that like Jesus is full of shit and like you shouldn't follow this stuff? I am so glad you asked that because I was going to skip over this. In Mark, it actually says uh, Satan, Hasatan, the accuser. Luke does use the word the devil, and Matthew is the one that uses the evil one. Well, that clears that up. Yes. (laughs) At least some sort of concept of a mythical influence. I know that's going to sound really weird. It's uh, either hardcore, it is some being that exists, or just some sort of influencer, but it does seem like an external force that is causing this to disappear. Uh, We do have some rabbinic writings that do use birds, especially birds of prey. We've mentioned this before, birds illustrating something evil coming into your life. Hmm. More often than not, again, yeah, more often (laughs) than not, birds of prey, not just the sparrows, but we do have, I think we have a few examples. Yeah, what if the the devil actually just looks like a giant bird? (laughs) That wouldn't be very scary. I, I don't know. Well, just remember, I mean, that how I grew up, everyone, like, I mean, and this is, this is true. This is fact. That's actual 100% historical fact. The devil is around every corner, like lurking. He's in all the closets. He's under your bed. He's behind you, like just completely erect in a very (laughs) weird way. Just waiting, just waiting to fuck you up. Okay. Now I'm terrified of this bird. Yeah. Yeah. It put One the fear in us when we were kids. Good, good, <laughs> good, good, <laughs> good. And now your son's reading Revelation. Continue the cycle. <laughs> if you don't mind, go ahead and read. We're going to jump back into the Old Testament. Let's read Deuteronomy six five. Let's do it. 
This is six five. This is a Hebrew prayer called the Shema. It is recited at least every Sabbath by a nominally okay Jewish Hebrew worshiper, but <laughs> some people will do it multiple times a day. But this is the Shema. All right. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments. So some people think of this as being the heart. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart. And here it is. The people have no desire for the word of God. So Satan is able to snatch it away. Wait, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Yeah. And we can edit this out. But uh, can you do the Hebrew? Uh, do you know that? Do you yeah. Know uh, I do figured you, to you did. Do you want me to say it or sing it? Uh, it's up to you, bud. You're the pro. Uh, let me see if I can say it. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaAlam. No, I'm about to pray for bread. <laughs> Hold on. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. So that's the... Oh, what? Ah, man, no. I, that was the, the Shema. What I gave you was the... Uh, second part to it so i just sang the first part is that okay yeah that's that sounded good okay. dude yeah so what i just sang was right before that section where it's hero israel israel is your god israel is one and then the next section which would be now now that we understand that concept what i just sang now you should love your god with all of your heart mind and strength that would be it all right uh yeah let's go ahead and read verses 20 through 21 Let's see. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. Uh, <clears throat> Peter? The uh, one who... Wait, wasn't it Peter who... Uh, yeah. <laughs> the one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. You went a little ahead. I'm going to have you read 22 and 23 next time. But Oh, sorry. And, shit. I'll read it again. The way that it is written, we have this immediate take hold and growth and then immediate death and it, it's equal in how fast it grows up and it takes root and how fast it withers away the shema what we were talking about you are to love god with all of your heart and then the next thing with your your soul or your spirit that would be the next section so some people think this is a soul or spirit issue that you get really excited about it and then once life happens no it goes away just very quick, very, some people would say emotional. I'm not sure if I would want to call, call it emotion. Essentially, when times get tough, people start quitting. Ah, that makes sense. That would, yeah, that would be the easiest. It doesn't have any root. It doesn't have any basis. So it's like, ah, sun is hot. Screw this. I'm done. Mm. All right. And then let's read verse 22. 22. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. You can see where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> Love your God with all of your heart, soul, and strength. Something else to note about the language is that 
the word deceit of like the deceit of their wealth could also be understood as delight of their wealth. Mm-hmm. I have a Jewish prayer book that I use, and in it, when it talks about all of your heart, your mind, instead of saying strength, it actually says resources, because in a Jewish understanding, a lot of times your strength is all the things that you have physically. So that might be your physical, literal strength, but it also might be the possessions you own, your car, your money, and things like that. So it could be that the deceit of these things, or the delight of these things, the excitement, is what came into your life and pulled you away from it. And it becomes more about a pursuit of wealth than it does just worry. And those things are tied hand in hand. When you have a house, you worry about the house. When you have a car, yes. you worry about the car. Yes. percent. <laughs> I pretty much just described our summers of 2021. <laughs> All right. Now that we've established these three characteristics of those who don't quite make the cut or they latch onto this new kingdom coming through, but then they sort of fade away, let's go ahead and catch the ones that do well. All right. Uh, But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Thank you. We talked about this in our last episode where this is beyond what is imaginable. Jesus is being very hyperbolic by saying that it's going to yield 100 times. 10 times is pretty fantastic. So 160 and 30 is just, those are made up numbers, Jesus. You're not very, you're (laughs) a a carpenter. You're a carpenter. I'll give you a pass on this one. You don't understand farming. It's okay. (laughs) But Matthew's the interpreter. He's the one writing everything down. He should, you know, he understands money. You think you should have edited it a little bit? Like, eh. <laughs> Let's bring it down to realistic values. Yeah. There's a question about, is the bearing of fruit, is that specifically, uh, is that the works and the good deeds and the goodness of Christian? You know, <laughs> Christians, we're really known for being good people, aren't we? Especially in America. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's really taken hold as the overall image. Yeah. When you got a hard time, who, who do you go to first? The church, of course. <laughs> Oh man, that's sad. That's yeah. <laughs> it's 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 like funny our irony, but it's man, that's that's pretty fucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then the other option is that it's just those who are telling others, which makes sense. If it takes your entire life, it takes your your mind, your heart, your soul, and you are really living out the kingdom of God, which again is this idea of what would it be like if God reigned on earth, or if everything God wanted was done the explanation would be then other people would jump on board so that it's able to to produce more. So good deeds or more people are all options. Now, I want to go and revisit some other questions about this. And this is Wait, where we start. Real, real quick. Can oh, I yeah, go ahead. you real quick? Okay, so please. Th- I'm being the guy that he's having to tell parables for because I totally like forgot. But back in the beginning, did he say what kind of seed we're actually throwing here? Or was it just the farmer and his, his seed? I think it just says sperma uh, in the Greek. It doesn't tell us which seed. Okay, cool. Because I was like, I wonder if I, like, I was just <laughs> randomly, my mind floated off for a second. It was like, what kind of seed was this again? Or when you said, you know, bearing fruit, I was like, what, did, did Jesus ever specify what we're sowing here? Is, I mean, obviously <gasps> that's not important to the story, but. I don't think it's in Matthew. Um, maybe it's just people guessing that it could be something like wheat or grain mm. in a field. Maybe it's just so the assumption. Whatever of, an important, an assumption of like whatever their important food crop is. 
Right, right. And something that will then create more seeds and create more yield. Yeah. That might be another important part of it. So Maybe a watermelon I've heard, patch. Yeah. Yeah. That would work. <laughs> He's like, shut up. I'm, I'm not sure. Well, I'm, I was just thinking about where watermelons would come from. All right. Can I go on a tangent? Am I allowed to tangent? Absolutely. I don't think I've mentioned this before or not in this in this podcast, but maybe it's come up. I was listening to someone talk about this, and the I was listening to a professor talk about this specific passage, and they said something about corn, and then they came back around, <laughs> were like, just FYI, like just trying to tell their students, like don't don't think corn was in Palestine at this time, <laughs> which is which is funny because I listened to an audiobook on someone telling a story, and they said that Jesus's favorite food was corn. What? <laughs> Well, didn't Jesus bring corn to the Native Americans? I think that, that we'll have to ask our, our Latter-day friends. <laughs> we do love you guys. We're poking fun, but we do love you guys. I'm tr- I hope That's that they make That's a sincere statement. I feel like we're at that relationship where we can just kind of, like, everyone's f- funny and we're all good. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That's what I was thinking. I love that we can, like, be, we're, like friends with a bunch of those guys on instagram or not instagram but on well instagram too but on facebook now too because it's like it's cool like seeing them like remembering all the fun times we had yeah i remember they used to tell me mormon jokes making fun of other churches yeah. I, I got a kick out of it oh <laughs> dude it, like yeah when we say whenever we make comments about mormons if we have any of you guys listening right now or any people who are of you know that mormons or latter day like we do love you guys this is coming from a like a mutual like place of like laughter and just like yeah we've had some good times with you guys with your elders slash missionaries we've had we've had some great times with your missionary boys i don't think i would feel comfortable talking about mormonism if we didn't have all of our missionary friends that taught us everything like i wouldn't have (laughs) it's it's that statement no no no, it's cool man i have a mormon friend all right as we wrap up this parable we do have the question of what makes the soil different and some people say well the soil is actually not different you are still talking about palestine it's not like a sower went to sow some seed down there in judea you know where all those yuppies are and then a sower (laughs) went up to samaria boo hiss and then they went to our region in galilee and that soil was good so it's the same soil the difference might be where it's located or the situation in some of the soil exact same soil is on a path some of the soil is intermingled with rocks and some of it is mixed in with thorns so is the preparation that the the sower should have done to begin with is it just the way that it was uh is it the things that you know hearing this gets a little bit more preachy and a little less beer and bible but just so i can share this concept is some people say it is the soil's choice or the the soil is the representation of the person is it the things that they have led into their life that they have chosen so now we get into back to that question of are the parables and the soil and things like this, are these all matters of something that God has set up for us or is it things that we get to choose? It is a longstanding question through a lot of different cultures, myths and s- s- hero stories, whether it's Greek mythology or something in the ancient Near East or even the Far East. Is there such thing as fate or is there such thing as free will? And this story does not answer it. I'm sure that there is an assumed basis for it. But I've heard different Jewish sages as well as different Christian teachers have taken different stances on this. So once again, welcome to Beer and Bible. The correct scholarly answer is, I don't know. (laughs) At least we're consistent. Yeah.
Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that wraps up our very first parables. That's like track one and the intro track for this crazy album. And that's our first one where we get to hear a parable. I like how Matthew does this. We're going to hear a parable first. We're going to now be confused, just like the disciples. Then Jesus is going to explain why he does it. And this is the whole, those who hear and can't hear, blah, blah, blah. And then he explains the parable afterwards. So I think that this is a good setup. Even if, let's pretend for a second, that no one has ever heard Hillel's one parable prior to Jesus. And this is a new style of teaching. At least Matthew puts it in such a way that we can understand how parables are going to work moving forward. Mm. So that's it for tonight, today. <laughs> this morning. No, it's day. It's, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is like church. We're on a Sunday, a Sunday morning. I'm not yeah, trying to and- timestamp it too much, but thank you for joining us at uh, Beer and Bible. Uh, I don't, can't even think of a good denomination name. But Methodist, Wesleyan. I'm trying to think which. Baptist. Who likes who likes drinking the most? I think there's some jokes about Presbyterians being really into IPAs and being very hipster. <laughs> Is that? I think that's what our no. I can't remember what our denomination was. Growing well, up. yours didn't like any alcohol. No, no, not at all. No, that was the devil. That's where he was waiting. Was in that beer class. <laughs> it's just Keeping a dead with bird the... floating around with a heart on. <laughs> Keeping with the church idea, your son's already flipping through Revelation. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get this is good. that today. I'm gonna have to nip that <laughs> shit in the bud. Wait, how are you going to do that? I'm gonna burn his Bible. Fair Wait. enough. Fair Wait, enough. No, never mind. Never mind. That's not the. I'm gonna tell him no. Okay. I was gonna say that <laughs> the church. The church did you one better when some guy translated to English. They just burned him at the stake. <laughs> Yeah, we got to kill that guy. We yeah. don't like this. I wonder if they burned the Bible afterwards. If they were like, we burned the guy that wrote it. Yeah, can we burn the Bible? I don't know how I feel about that. Mm, like, that's, that's the word of God. <laughs> like, that's a tough one. I feel okay with burning a human being, but a <laughs> bunch of paper with words on it? Uh, <laughs> that's tricky. Yeah. Uh, Thank you all for joining us in the chaos of this conversation. We hope that you were confused as much as we are. <laughs> if you have any questions, reach out. I will not be answering any of them, but Neil's smart and he'll try. You like how I just throw you out there like that? I hate you. <laughs> at, at Beer and Bible Show. Check us out on Instagram. That's usually the best place to you know DM us or whatever. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>